The text that's the basis for my message to you this morning is from uh, Luke's account, uh, the eighth chapter, Luke's account of Jesus calming the storm, where Jesus has his big reveal of who he is during the storm. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? Even, he commands, even the winds and the water, and they obey him. This is the word of the Lord, and as I said, our text for our consideration this morning. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, well, as you know very well, I'm sure there is an app for everything, right? So this past week, I discovered one that really caught my attention in light of this scripture account that we just read and what we're talking about today. Now, if I tell you the name of this app, you got to promise me one thing. You're not going to pull out your phone during this sermon and look it up. You got to wait till you get home, all right? I spent a whole eight minutes working on the sermon this week, and you're going to listen. All right, the name of the app is Calm in the Storm. You see why it caught my attention this week? Anybody happen to have this app before I say anything about it? Now, Calm in the Storm, as, as the name might imply, you might be able to guess, it advertises itself as something that helps you cope with the stresses of life. Hey, who doesn't need that, right? Uh, I read an article a couple weeks ago about how anxiety disorder and, and, and high levels of stress are, are really growing medical concerns of our day and age and lead to all kinds of other issues. And, and, and if that, those are some issues that, that you struggle with and, and you find an app like that or other, the other hundred that are like it and you find those things useful for you, by all means, go ahead and use those tools. Nothing I say today is to disparage their use. But I do want to say this to you. There is a calm in the storm that transcends anything an app or any kind of stress management program can give you. There is a calm in the storm for your soul. And it's that calm in the storm that we just heard about in that lesson. And the lesson from that text and the message that I want you to take home with you today, the message that I would hope and pray would sink down deep into your hearts and that you would hold on to, especially when the storm clouds start to gather over your head, is simply this, that Jesus is your true calm in the storm. After all, he is God Almighty with power over any storm, anything that life can throw your way. And he is the God in whom we can trust 
even in the midst of the storm. Jesus is your calm in the storm, people of God. So, uh, you know, an app like Calm in the Storm or any of the hundreds others that must, must be out there like it uh, can, can be quite useful, as I said. But the fact of the matter is they have no inherent power. They have no inherent power to actually stop a storm. But clearly our Lord Jesus Christ does, and that is the first and perhaps most obvious thing that we learn in that account uh, that we just read from Luke. Clearly, Jesus is the almighty God with power even over the forces of nature, even with power even over the, the greatest things that life can throw against you. Now, make no mistake, this was a doozy of, the storm, a doozy of a storm that the disciples were facing that day. It was described as a squall, and you may not think much of a squall, but look at what was going on. Those waters were described as raging waters. It says they, they swamped the boat. The boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. And it's so bad that the disciples are obviously scared out of their wits. They're convinced they're going to die, that they're going to drown. And remember, these were card, many of these guys anyway, were card-carrying members of the, of the Professional Anglers Association or whatever. The, they were fishermen. They were well acquainted with being on a boat. They, had, I'm sure, had been through a storm or two. But here, they're scared out of their wits. They're thinking they're going to die. Make no mistake, this is a strong fierce storm. But the point is, as strong and fierce as it is against them, it's no match for Jesus, right? I mean, at the beginning of the story, where do we see Jesus? He's sleeping in the back of the boat. As bad and life-threatening as a storm as this was, it had no effect on Jesus. He was not concerned for his life, his welfare. He's not the one who needed calm in the storm. He is the calm in the storm. Right? And when the disciples do wake him up asking for help, one, little, one or two little words, and that's the end of that storm, those raging waters all of a sudden become calm. I imagine the disciples had to pick their jaws up off of the bottom of the boat at that one. And who can blame them, right? It says there they were in fear and amazement. And then from that amazement, they start asking each other, well, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus that's with us, man alive? And understand that as they're asking that question, who is this? That's purely rhetorical. They knew quite well who this was before them. They knew what it meant. I mean, who else... But God Almighty could be resting peacefully in the middle of a raging, life-threatening storm without a concern. Who else but the creator of the universe could, with one little command, stop all the greatest forces of nature arrayed against them? Oh yeah, they understood who this was. And they knew what it meant about Jesus. Clearly, this was the Almighty God in front of them. There in that awesome miracle uh, that they experienced that day, they had, and we have, through reading the story, this big reveal, right? This, to use the words of our theme these past few weeks, this big important revelation of just who Jesus really is. Clearly, 
He is the almighty God, the God with power even over the greatest forces of nature, the God with power over anything life can throw your way. Now, as important a truth as that is, that Jesus is truly the almighty and all-powerful God, that's not all there is to this story. That's not the only lesson we learn as we read about it. And you know why? Because even the devil can know that truth, does know that truth, right? In last week's sermon and sermon text, we heard the story about when Jesus encountered a demon-possessed man. And what did the demon say? I know who you are, Jesus. You're the Holy One of God. Even Satan knows who Jesus is. Perhaps what's more, even more important than knowing Jesus is God is what you do with that truth, what you do with that knowledge. And what does Jesus want us to do with that truth? He wants us to trust him, to trust in him through thick and thin, through come what may, to not be afraid, but rest our hearts in complete confidence, resting assured that he has got our life in his hands. To have that peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of a storm, not just when it's done. You see, this is what Jesus was getting at with his question to the disciples. We heard the question the disciples were asking each other, who then is this? But what's the question Jesus asked his disciples? He says, where's your faith, guys? And when he says that, yeah, although I think it was a little bit of chastising them for the the weakened faith, I think it was mostly his gracious invitation to trust in him. Uh, Did you notice the words that were used? The, The words that were used for how Jesus spoke to the wind? It says he rebuked the wind and the waves. That's the word it used. He rebuked the wind and the waves. That's not the word it uses for how Jesus talks to his disciples. He wasn't rebuking them so much as he was just giving them a gentle invitation to come and trust in him, to put their faith in him. It was as if he was lovingly saying to them, hey guys, I know that storm was dangerous, scary, even life-threatening, but you know what, guys? You don't really have to be afraid because I'm with you. I've got your back, right? So relax. Chill out. I've got it under control, guys. Jesus wants us not only to know who he is as God Almighty, but to put our trust in him. And and one of my favorite stories to help illustrate this this truth about not just knowing Jesus as God, but then also escalating that into a a trusting in him is the story of Charles Blondin. I don't know if you've heard this story. He's a, a French guy, I believe. He's the first one to go across Niagara Falls on a tightrope back in 1860. 
And as, as the account goes, he went across that tightrope a number of different ways, doing different kinds of stunts, carrying different things, doing it different ways, blindfolded or, or whatever. At one point, he went across the tightrope with a, a wheelbarrow that was uh, filled with potatoes. And when he got to the other side, you know, the crowd there is, I mean, they're going crazy, ah, oh, you know, cheering him on. When he gets to the other side, he says, all right, now... What do you think? Can I do this with a person in the wheelbarrow? And the crowd goes, oh, yeah, man, we've seen you do so many things. We know you can do it. You can do anything. So he says, all right, who's going to volunteer? <laughs> and as you can guess, kind of went silent. Nobody dared volunteer. People of God, Jesus is inviting you to get in the wheelbarrow with him. Okay, to use the language of our, of our text today, Jesus is inviting you to go ahead and get in the boat with him. Even though those storm clouds are brewing and you know that storm is coming, he's graciously inviting you to get in the boat with him, to trust him, because he's got everything under control. Hey, I don't blame those people for not getting in the wheelbarrow with Mr. Blondin. I mean, after all, he's just human. He could slip. He could have a muscle spasm. He could have a heart attack. Who knows what could happen out there? But this is Jesus we're talking about. God Almighty, the one who revealed himself to have power even over wind and waves, God Almighty who could handle anything, who's got our back, this is the Jesus who says, trust me, even in the midst of the storm. And you see, people, the storms are going to come, right? You know this. It's not a question of if, but when. This is a fact of life, the fact of living in a sinful, fallen world. And you know, I hope you understand, I am not just talking about hurricanes and, and hailstorms. I'm not just talking about tornadoes and thunderstorms, although those are real storms that can shake our very foundation. I understand that. And, and those are things that Jesus calls us to trust in him too as well. But there are also just the general storms of life. Like when you hit a stormy patch in your marriage. Or when the doctor gives you some news that you just really didn't want to hear. Or when the boss calls you into his office and says, we've got to make some cuts and you're the first on the chopping block. When the value of your 401k starts to tank. When you lose a loved one. Those are the storms of life. Don't forget about the little, so-called little storms that punch you day after day, right? The, what we call the daily grind, like when the kids are driving you crazy and you feel like trying to control them and it's like trying to herd cats. Like driving in Houston. Like, like when your car breaks down again and again and the roof leaks again and again. We're talking about whatever it is that rocks your boat. Those are the storms of life. When things seem out of control, remember the one who has everything under control. 
And when those storms do rock your boat, remember who's in the boat with you. Remember Jesus who says, essentially, trust in me. I've got this. He is the one who says, I love you so much that nothing can separate you from my love. He's the one who says, all things work for good. Most importantly, don't ever forget that he is the one who has taken care of the greatest forces that can, can blow against you, the greatest forces that are arrayed against your soul by paying for your sin and saving you from death and the devil and hell itself. Not even that storm can swamp your boat. And so it is that no matter what life throws your way, He's got you covered one way or the other. When you get home today or or probably after we dismiss, I'm going to see who's the first one is that comes and shows me this app on their phone. But when you get home today, if you want to get that app calm in the storm and download it on, on your phone and use it, you go right ahead or any of the other apps that are out there like it. Like I said, I have no problem with that. I'm not trying to dissuade you against that. I'm not trying to sell it to you. But I do want to sell you on this fact. That no matter what wicked winds blow against you, no matter what waters are swamping your boat, there is one who says to you, I am your refuge and your strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. There is one who says to you, be still and know that I am God. People of God, Jesus is your true calm in the storm. And for that good news, all God's people say, amen. And may that peace that passes all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Jesus, our calm in the storm. Amen.